0: Om Namo Narayana Om Namo I bow to Lord Narayana in all of you. Today I would like to read from Conversations with Yogananda. The Master was under no illusion that his or that any other organization was perfect, for mankind itself is not perfect. Don't speak of the bad side of the organization, he told us. If I wanted to list all its faults, I could start now and never stop. By concentrating on that side, however, one loses sight of the good. And there is also much good here. (coughs) Doctors say that millions of terrible germs pass constantly through our bodies. Most of them don't affect us, partly because we aren't even aware of them. Knowledge of their presence might make us more susceptible by causing us to concentrate on them. That is what one should do here. Do not concentrate on the negative side. When you look at that side long enough, you take on its qualities. But when you look at the good, you take on goodness. I've lived in organizations virtually all my adult life. Here I am, 78 years old. And I began at the age of 22, so a good 56 years. But I have seen that there is good in all things and bad in all things. Fortunately, I came with that understanding. I remember saying to one of my brother disciples when I had just been there a day or two, I said, there must be many good people here. And he was sort of surprised. He said, well, if they're all good. And I thought, well, that's amazing. You mean a place can exist? There where everybody's good? Well, in a way, it's true. It takes some, I know that one, in fact, it was that same disciple who said to my, our guru one time, Sir, I don't think I have very good karma. He was sort of a gloomy guest sometimes. My guru said, remember this. It takes very, very, very good karma even to want to know God. Don't think about your karma. Remember what it says in the Bhagavad Gita. That even the worst sinner, if he steadfastly meditates, speedily comes to God. It isn't where you are, it's how much you put into it. You remember the story of uh, Valmiki. I don't really believe that it can be a completely true story, because he's talking about himself. But he said of himself that he was the greatest sinner who ever lived. And... uh, at any rate, he could not have been a very good man. He was a highway robber. And these saints came to him one time, and he demanded that they give him everything they had. They said, well, we really don't have anything to give you. He said, well, then I'm sorry. I have to kill you. They said, why? Because, uh, well, I, I don't suppose he use such an expression as the rules of my trade, but it's, it was his principle anyway to kill people if they didn't give him what they had. And so... Um, they said, but uh, is, your, is your family, is your wife, are your children content that you live this way? And he said, well, of course they must be. Um, I'm feeding them, am I not? They said, why don't you go and find out? If they approve also, then we'll be, we're happy that you kill us. We don't mind if we have this body or don't have this body. We aren't this body. But uh, you're getting bad karma and it's not good for you. Are they willing to share that bad karma with you? So he went home and he talked to them. He said they said to him, all of them, Well, no, we, the, we're, the kind of karma you get, that's your karma. It's not ours. We We are willing to get the benefits, but we're not willing to take on your bad karma. He was so disillusioned with this reply that he went back to the saints and he said, Well, I would like to become your disciple. I don't want to follow this way of life any longer. So they taught taught him the mantra of Rama, and that was how the story of the Ramayana began. And you all know that story, I'm quite sure. How uh, Valmiki in the beginning, um, he was told, the saints told him that the mantra of Rama, it will purify anybody. But uh, Valmiki was not able. He was such an evil man, he couldn't pronounce the word, Rama. And so they had to take the word Mara which, of course, means death and the devil. And so they said, well, repeat Mara. And so he did. He repeated Mara, Marama. It became Mara, Mara, Rama. So you all know that story. It's a delightful one. How true it is, we don't know. It doesn't much matter. But the fact is that as we try to take the name of God, we do become good, even if we're evil. Don't worry about how... Bad your karma is. Karma is just what you have done in the past. You can undo it by redoing some by doing something else. Whatever you have done does not identify you, it doesn't limit you, it doesn't define you even. You are the infinite spirit. You are Brahman. And the more you can live in that, never, never say that you are wrong. Say this is a delightful thing that my guru taught also. He said, "Let make God the doer. Even when you do wrong, let him be the doer. He likes that, he said. The thing is that when you make him responsible, then you find that you're less and less able to do wrong because he doesn't in himself want to do wrong. And so by making him responsible, you find that more and more you become refined until everything that you do is good. But all of this comes by understanding that The good side is what needs to be emphasized. Some people think that they're being realists by seeing the bad side. Well, is it real if it's a delusion? It isn't real. It's a part of a dream. You're not being realistic when you see the evils in this world. This is what you see in modern literature. It's just a curse of modern literature. They're always talking about the evils, thinking that they're being realistic. As Jean Paul Sartre in France said, in this world that bleeds all joy is obscene. That to my mind is the most obscene statement I've ever read. In this world that bleeds are you going to be help Do you, will you help people who are drowning by jumping in and drowning with them? But it is true that even the darkest consciousness if you bring light to it, even the darkest person if you bring God to him You can change him. That's why it says in the scriptures also that one moment in the company of a saint can be your raft over the ocean of delusion. Can be, not necessarily is, but can be, and should be too. Because that influence, I remember one time there was a, he was actually the printer in our print shop, and a worldly person, he used to sort of laugh at the, um, Uh, us yogis and all our meditation and all this stuff, to him it was all nonsense. Then somebody started talking to him and trying to help him to see and he began to see that well there is something to this nonsense after all and uh, when, when my guru saw that he seemed to be getting ready one time he asked him to come and have an interview with him and this printer came up there and he was becoming a little open, a little humble my guru took him by the head like this and held, his, held him firmly like this and looked deeply into his eyes. This man came out of there completely dizzy. But you know, from that moment on, he changed. I, later, he bought out a spiritual publishing company and was the director of that company. And I, I met him years later. He was a very sweet man and very much a devotee. But that goodness is in everybody. The worst criminal has goodness in him because he has God in him. When somebody asked me a few months ago, how is it possible to love people who do harm? Well, you're not loving them in their egos, and you're not loving the harm. But you're loving this fact that that infinite soul appeared in that form and is struggling to find truth. And everybody is looking for such Ananda, but they don't. All look in the right way. And so it is that they think that they are finding happiness by hurting other people, by getting, amassing a fortune, by cheating, by lying, and all the various things people do. But what they're really looking for still is such a dhananda. They just not understood where to find it, that's all. And when you can reach the point where you understand that what you really want is your own self. That bliss is your own self. This is, the, this is the adventure of creation. You were launched into this great adventure, this great journey, this pilgrimage, endless eons ago. And bit by bit, you're struggling to come to the point where you discover that you aren't this ego and that you aren't these bad habits that you think are so much a part of yourself. But you are the infinite one Dreaming these things, in delusion, dreaming wrongly until finally it learns how to dream rightly. The goal of life is one, satyarandam, ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new bliss. This is who you are. So when you see wrong in organizations, wrong in the world, as my guru said to another disciple, brother-disciple of mine, Whenever you see wrong in the world, remember, it's wrong with you. When you are right, everything is right because you see God there. Don't allow yourself to feed on evil. You just become evil that way. Feed on good. Feed, even the, when you see evil people, tell yourself that basically these people are the soul, the same soul is in me. They're struggling. They haven't yet learned when you can look at them in that way, their lives change. One time, out of several times that this sort of thing happened, that hold up, three hold-up men came to my guru. I think it was on a street corner in Philadelphia. It may have been New York. And uh, they said, give us all your money. My guru took what he had in his pockets and gave it to them. He said, "Ah, you're welcome to this. I don't want it. But he, they said, I, he said, I have a treasure you can't take from me. They looked at each other. They said, what's wrong with this guy? Is he crazy? And then he looked at them. He said, unless I give it to you. And he looked at them with love. And these men who were, they, they'd lived a wrong kind of life, but they began to tremble all over. They said, what are you doing to us? What are you doing to us? We can't go back to that way of life any longer. And they ran away, dropping his money before him. Well, you've got it in you. You have to. Don't tell yourself you're wrong, you're evil. Always remember that you're a child of the same God. The same God who is Krishna, the same God who is Yogananda, he is in you too. And when you understand that, then you've understood everything. On the subject of organizations, and that's one reason I chose to talk about this talk, but I don't have much time left now. Basically, I feel that Organizations are a necessary evil. Yes, there's a lot of good in them, but it's so easy for people to think that because they're in a good organization, they don't have to do any more work. One nun in my Guru's ashram said to me, you know, I have to keep reminding myself that living here isn't enough. I find it's easier to meditate and easier to think good thoughts. And so I'm less inclined to put out the effort to to meditate, less inclined to put out the effort to sit for long periods. But in fact, all this has to be, you've got to put out your same effort as ever. It's just that living in a good place can help you to try harder. This, yes. But organizations are otherwise a necessary evil. They're necessary because you need places where people can live together. You need focused energy so that you can spread the truth to other people. But pride comes in so easily. Jealousy comes in. Tendency to look down on others because they're not as serious as you. All of this, when you've got that as your standard, it's very easy for the ego to slip in again and play its games all over again. Remember, finally, that being a part of an organization isn't going to do it for you. My guru once put it this way, he said, there are many rats and mice living in the canyon on this property, but they are not finding God. You have to individually make love to God, he said. It's finally always a matter between you and He when you can live in the thought of His presence within you, when you can live the thought that it's really between you and He not between you and anybody else. Don't look look at other people to see if they're thinking well of you. What does it matter what they think? Seek his answer. Seek his smile in your heart. You know, that's a passage in the Gita where Krishna replies to Arjuna, as if smiling. My guru said, to reach that point, where you can feel God's smile in your heart, that shows considerable advancement already. When you have gone through all those mists of darkness to the point where you can feel the divine smiling inside, what a wonderful thing it is. But you have to do that by just saying, I and thou, God, we are the only ones. And then, when you work with other people, when you live with other people in a spiritual place together. Remember that it takes many people, and this is the good side of an organization. As I've said in a song, many hands make a miracle. When people can work together, they can accomplish so much more good in the world than each one living alone. This is why, although there are many wrongs in organizations, and you must never judge the guru by the organization he founds, Remember, he is much larger than that. But when you can be with others and work with others and share those truths with them, then indeed you can perform miracles, each one standing alone before God, all worshiping and loving and dancing together with God. In his name, joy to you.
1: Many hands make a miracle let's all join hands together life on earth is so wonderful when people laugh and dance and struggle as friends and all their dreams achieve their ends many hands make a miracle people climbing together soon we reach to the